Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is the final week of our pre-recorded horror month. Um, although this one's a little less pre-recorded than the other ones because we just watched A Quiet Place, which actually did... it. This is April when we're recording this. Yeah, so by the time you hear it, do you know which one time this one's going to air? Um, the last Friday in April, whenever that is. Okay, cool. Can't we just make it air the second Friday in April? Why would we do that? To make I mean, it relevant? Yeah, make, get more fans. Maybe we... That's probably a good idea. This is either the second... We promised so many things. I just listened to our first episode that we recorded in January. Our heads were full of dreams. <laughs> we were like, oh, the entire schedule that we ran through, like none of it is what it's actually going to be. That's, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. That's so true. Um. Anyway, so we're here to talk about The Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. The Quietest Place. The Movie Theater. Oh, I wish the movie theater was a quiet place, but it was not. Well, it was PG-13 horror opening weekend at the end of spring break. So so the 13-year-olds were out to play, yeah. and the 46-year-old gentleman next to us was out to shut them down. The true hero. Yeah, really? He was the John Krasinski of our theater, telling everyone to shush. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I honestly cannot find a good plot synopsis online of a quiet place it's either the wikipedia summary which is like a five paragraph essay detailing in excruciating detail exactly what happens in the movie or this plot synopsis if they hear you they can hunt you which is more like a tagline it is a tagline but that's pretty much that's pretty much it yeah i mean that's kind of all you need all right brennan give us your synopsis of the movie all right fade in (laughs) It's the year 2020. Is it 2020? Yeah, because um, spoiler alert, we're spoiling this movie on the kid's headstone. It says 2016 to 2020. Oh. So he was born two years ago. Wow, I guess, you know, the 2020 elections did not turn out the way we were hoping, I guess, because <laughs> the world becomes overrun with monsters. Um, I guess from a meteorite that crashed in Mexico, if one newspaper headline is to be believed. Oh. Um. So representation, I guess? Oh, the consistency. The last meteorite fell in Mexico. The one that wiped out the dinosaurs, I think. Did it? I think it landed in the Yucatan Peninsula. Oh, that's fun. Mm. Um, History. History comes alive on Scream 101. 101. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a bunch of monsters. Um, you know, they're they're blind, and basically their whole head is a giant ear. That's This is some detailed synopsis. <laughs> Uh, not as detailed as Wikipedia. Um, no, so they're blind, but they can hear super good. So you have to be real quiet. And most what of the boys, world can't do what that. What boy's tombstone? Who is this boy and why should I care? It's the son of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. <gasps> is he their only child? No, they have th- like a fluctuating number of children. <laughs> but they start the movie with three. And they end the movie with three. So it's really, it's not a, it's a net, uh, just totally neutral across the board. Uh-huh. Um but they have, uh, they start off with two boys and a girl. The youngest boy is a dum dum, and he plays with the. He's magical. a child. He's a toddler. Yeah, a toddler who grew up in this world. No, no, he didn't. It's only it was only like eighty nine days when he died. I think. 
Um, but he played with a little magical rocket ship, and the and the rocket ship alerted the monsters that he was there, and they killified him, which honestly was I was not expecting that. Um, a movie to want like a PG thirteen Blumhouse movie to like have the balls to kill a child. Um, it honestly it it loses those balls pretty quickly because no other child is really in peril for the rest of the movie. They're in peril, but like believe like i knew they were gonna live you knew that but you didn't know that yeah no they uh, but it's just like whatever because it, it turns into signs at some point yeah it totally does i was getting some signs vibes yeah because we're very distracted in this plot synopsis again we are spoiling i it. tried to rein you in but you know okay i'll be i'll try to be fast it's a really simple plot the daughter is deaf um which actually is super convenient um if there are like sound-based monsters because their whole family already knows sign language, so that's mm-hmm. really easy. They didn't have to learn that. Yeah. Uh, thank you, daughter. Um, and then um, she keeps leaving glasses of water around the house. That's a joke. That's a science joke I for you guys. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be well, here. Gibson all week. is laughing to himself right now. I'm sure he is, but for reasons that are more despicable than we can imagine. <laughs> okay, um, continue. Anyway, so the daughter's deaf. Um, she has a hearing aid. Um, there's monsters, and they hear you, they can hunt you. Um, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt have a lot of conversations about how to protect the children. They have, like, two conversations. That's true. Um, but Emily Blunt is pregnant, which n- I, w- I would not advise, which, first of all, means they must have had some very quiet sex at some point because it, this situation has existed for way more than nine months at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to find a way to soundproof a baby, which not as easy as you'd think. <laughs> They build a little like baby coffin with a little oxygen mask. It's very that frightening. Genius. That was genius. Yes, but also like so macabre. Um, so basically, monsters attack. It's basically about it kind of only a couple days in their life, like leading up to like pre and post the birth of this child and how uh-huh. they're gonna try to like live their lives and try to learn about the monsters and how to live. Yep. Um and. Yeah, some stuff happens, which I guess we'll get into. Um, but first, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality out of five. And I'm really flying by the seat of my pants here. You usually are, but I have not made any notes for this, and I'm just kind of curious to see how it's going to go. Okay. So it's an experiment. Yeah. Well, I hope it works out. Um, so... Uh, scariness. What's your scariness score for a, a my scare? It's a three. It's a solid three. I feel that. I was gonna say that too. Um, it had some good tension going on. Um, the monsters were okay. Um, they didn't overdo it on the CGI. No, that was um, just good. Uh, and it was a good family drama, family scary drama. Yeah, I I wasn't as drawn into the family drama elements, um, because the the characters are very kind of crudely sketched out. It's like John Krasinski as man. Honestly, you know what? I'm going to look up who he's actually credited as because they don't actually have names in the movie. So it's probably man, woman, child one, child two. <laughs> um, oh, do oh, I wonder if they have names though. David. Oh, they do. Okay, what do you want to guess John Krasinski's name is? David. It is Lee. Oh. What do you bet Emily Blunt's name is? Leandra. It's Evelyn. Okay. This is a great game. I'm super excited and happy about it. It worked out great. Um, so. <laughs> Millicent Drummond. Yeah, exactly. 
No, it's like, I don't know, pretty crude characters. Like, this is the dad who's like a little too into survival and he needs to let- Give me a little too into survival. No, he's like so focused that he kind of ignores his feelings and he has to tell his daughter that he loves her because she doesn't think that he does. That's a big spoiler. We're spoiling this movie. We're talking about that. Okay. Um. Uh. Uh. Okay. Well, since I know you we were just gonna spoil it, um, I said that like three and a half times already. All right. I just didn't hear you. Um. Uh, what was I gonna say, Brent? What were we talking about? Uh, we both gave the movie a three on scariness. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It just didn't really do it for me. Nothing seemed super new. One thing that I will say, uh, well, the only thing I can say is that it really did played around with the sound design really well. Yes, but that's a effect. No, that that can a... that can work towards scariness. I'll allow it. Uh huh. Okay. What was scary at all? Well, um, I wanted to bring up the sound design too. Okay. Um, because I'm I Blumhouse is two for two on like movies that kind of play with deafness as a character trait because they did that in Hush also, oh, yeah. which. I do think Hush was a better movie, probably, um, and I even think because it was more like of a plot in that one. That's true. I just I, I didn't think that Hush did as much as it could have with its sound design, but I think A Quiet Place did a little less than Hush. But they're both still good. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and honestly, it was kind of interesting that there's this big wide release horror movie that's essentially a silent film. Like, I mean, obviously there's a enormous soundscape going on but there's barely any lines of dialogue at all which yeah, is that annoyed cool. me yeah were you bored yeah i need words to keep me afloat <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i need words but there were boring parts i remember writing in my notes like 20 22 minutes in when they were like sitting down to dinner and being real quiet i was like i get it you're quiet mm-hmm. <laughs> can we move on uh-huh um, cause they really do settle into the world. It does drag on a little bit too much. Yeah. He, he likes to let scenes linger. This John Krasinski fellow. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, Blumhouse is kind of just pulling out their greatest hits for this movie. They're like, let's do a movie that plays with silence on the soundtrack. Let's do a movie that's directed by a former comedian who people wouldn't expect to make a horror movie. And, um, pretty sure this one's not going to get nominated for Oscars, but it was all right. Maybe sound design. Maybe, <laughs> for chance. Uh-huh. So what were the horror elements? Because we had to talk just a little bit more about scariness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a lot of tension about the monsters and them randomly showing up. And there, there's a very good sequence when um, Emily Blunt is in labor and there's a monster in the house. And she has to try to birth a baby without making any noise, which is... By the way, the way that the Scientologists do it, so... Is it? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Um, because they don't want, like, the baby to have negative emotions or whatever as it comes into the world. So, uh, you know, Katie Holmes, for her. Okay. She did that, right? She had a baby? She did, but she broke free. Yeah, but after that. So she had to do the quiet birth thing. I and I don't so. think they're allowed drugs either. God. That's so terrible. Anyway, um... This has been Scientology 101, Xenu Forever. You're just learning a um, lot today. Yeah. No, I did. I was like, at least there's a precedent for people doing this, so I guess it's possible. Mm-hmm. But it was a very tense scene because there's a monster just kind of like staring at her, and she's like 
trying to pop out this kid mm-hmm. and there were there was some good cross cutting one of the basically the most beautiful sequence in the movie was during that part too because they set off fireworks to distract the monsters yeah and, and John, little millicent like she was summoned to go back home because before that she was having a bad day all alone yes the the deaf girl millicent drummond that was close her name is reagan <laughs> what's the actress's name oh millicent simmons Oh, Melissa Simmons. Why did I think Drummond? I think that's somebody else. Oh. Um, and she's actually deaf, which is cool. Awesome. Um, For her. She was great. Yeah, she was one of the better. Not not. No one was bad in this movie. Um, well, the two leads were great. Yeah. They had like a Emily great chemistry. And John, they're actually married in real life. I think the reason they decided to make this movie for Blumhouse was like, you'll give us a couple thousand bucks to like hang out and make a monster movie. That sounds fun. Uh-huh. Because... Is this the first movie they've done together? I think so. That's awesome. Yeah. It just seems, it's so romantic. It's so very romantic. All right, Brennan. So back to little Millicent Drummond. Um, nope. Raymond? Simmons. Simmons. Uh, Millicent Simmons was great. She was, uh, really, she was the only reason to watch, I think. She was the only captivating character. Of course, you want to see the family survive because there is a. a like some, a primal urge there. Yeah. Um, we kind of do see them as like the last people on this planet. Sort of. Like there's the implication that there are other people around and we do see one and a half other characters. Uh-huh. But otherwise, they're the only people we ever come into contact That's with. That's true. So we clearly root for their survival. And you know, she is kind of the underdog because she's the deaf character and she has less to I guess keep her alive? No, that sounds terrible. Uh, um, she she has literally like she doesn't have th- like one survival skill that she needs in this world to be able to hear the amount of sound that she's making. Yes. She lacks that. Yes, exactly. Perfect words right out of my mouth. If my mouth can make those words. <laughs> um, and so you root a lot for her. Um, however, at the beginning of the movie, Brennan alluded to something very tragic, um, and it was a very tense scene. Do you want to go through with that? Through that, oh, more, I mean, basically, um, John Krasinski throughout the movie has like tried to prevent his daughter from going anywhere because presumably because he's worried that I'm talking about the scene where they lose the kid. We already talked about that. Did we? The kid gets eaten. OK. Boring. We did it. All right. <laughs> Is that wait? Th- OK. Did you want to talk about that? Well, we didn't talk. We didn't really dissect the scene. Oh, because oh, because he wanted to play with a rocket, uh-huh. and John Krasinski was like, "No," and he did the shush noise again, probably, which he cannot do the shush finger. He just kind of once, smashes his once index he did that finger. to his nose once. No, multiple t- every time he like shoves his index finger into the side of his nose, and I'm like, "Have you ever seen a librarian? <laughs> this is not how this works." Like, take the example of the dude like one row behind us who was yelling at the twelve year olds who were Snapchatting in the front row. <laughs> Uh, again, mm-hmm. an American hero. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, that kid in the middle of like the climax started spinning around with the light on his phone on full blast and yelling about cilantro on Snapchat. And kids think they're funny. They're usually wrong. And this one was especially wrong. And F minus. Okay. So back to the scene. Okay. What scene? The kid died. There's a rocket. Yeah. Okay. Um, John Krasinski doesn't let him have the rocket, but the girl, Millicent Drummond or whatever we're calling her, um, she, Reagan. she tries to be nice. No, we'll call her Clinton. Go ahead. 
she tries to be nice and she gives the rocket to her brother. Um, but what she doesn't realize is that the brother also stole the batteries to the rocket. So while they're walking, he just plugs them dang things right on in there and makes a bunch of noise and then it gets eaten. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And the tension throughout the rest of the movie is uh, Millicent blames herself for the death of the boy because she gave him the rocket and she didn't see that the little boy took the batteries. Yeah, because well. that little boy, mm, not so smart. No, although he was smart enough to realize that it needed batteries to work. Uh, yeah, he was just smart enough to be a hindrance to himself and others. <laughs> uh, not for long, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, really, they were unburdened. You, just like, I was kind of hoping more kids would die because, spoiler alert, John Krasinski does sacrifice himself for his uh-huh. daughter. In what I deem to be slightly unnecessary a way, he could have done many other things instead of just, like, having himself die. But he was kind of already... He was wounded. Yeah, he was wounded. But um, so he sacrifices himself and he leaves his wife to be a single mom in this quiet world with three children. And I'm like, we could have knocked off a couple of those kids for her sake because that's not going to be a happy (sighs) life for her. You know that as a mother, like it's one of those things. The mother's clearly going to want her kids to survive because they're her children, her prodigy. Um, Progeny. Isn't the same thing? Prodigy is like Mozart, like a young kid who's really good at something. Can't her progeny also be prodigy? Uh, you watched the movie, right? Most of them aren't. <laughs> okay, first off, Reagan saved the day. She did. Little Clinton saved the day for all of us. <laughs> yes, she all did. Right. The other ones, though, not so good. Well, the baby was just a baby. Okay, um, baby, um, I will delay my assessment of him until A Quiet Places, the sequel. Uh-huh. And the other one, did he have a name? I'm sure he did. I think it's Marcus or something. Oh. Well, uh, he was just okay. He saved the day with the rockets. He did, but he kept making a lot of decisions that created noise. Like when his dad got hurt, he was like, Dad, no! I'm like, come on, boy. He was trying to save his dad because the thing needed noise to like uh, kill people. I don't think so. I think so. Yeah, Marcus Abbott. Oh, good for you. Their last name was Abbott? Yes. It said that, it said that that, that was on the uh, uh, their mailbox. Oh. I'm sure they probably weren't getting much mail these days, but it's still there. Just just like as a reminder of the past. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, uh, what's your campiness score? My campiness score? Zero. Well, yeah. Campy. I'm giving it a one. There wasn't really anything. Yeah. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Well, that's good because we rambled about scariness for a while, and I'm not sure we ever really even covered the main point. No. Um, see, this is what happens when I don't have notes. Next time, Make maybe notes. things will be great. All right, so what's next? Special effects? Wigs? Yeah, effects. Okay. Um, Three out of five? I'd give it four. No, three. Yeah, because there is some pretty annoying CGI blood at certain points where it's like, I know you're a PG-13 movie, but give me some carnage. I want to see children's heads being ripped off. Uh, I'm Mainly, I'm just thinking about the 12-year-old who uh-huh. was Snapchatting. Mm-hmm. Like, if we could somehow, like, CGI him into the movie specifically... Um, I'm not advocating mutilating this child, but if it was like a CGI re- like revenge that uh-huh. I could get, I would. I don't think I would be too upset about it. Uh-huh. This was a very unpleasant viewing experience because let me tell you, if you're going to watch a movie that is mostly quiet, don't invite a bunch of 12 to 14 year olds to sit in the room with you. Yeah, they're the worst. Um, but we all knew this going in. We yeah. knew that it was going to be just kids being terrible. Yeah. 
Anyway, there was some lame CGI blood, All right. um, but the monsters were cool. Yes, they were cool. Um, I think my biggest issue with this movie was is that uh, there wasn't really like there was tension, of course, but there wasn't any like high stakes because nobody died. What? Well, aside from John Krasinski, like there wasn't we didn't see too many deaths. There was nothing to keep us vested. I mean, there weren't that many characters. Like I said, like, no, I mean, that is what I brought up earlier. The fact that, like, you don't really feel like the kids are genuinely in peril. Mm-hmm. And because you're like, yeah, the kids are going to be fine. At least for this point in the movie. We're like 40 minutes in. They're not going to kill another kid off. Uh-huh. Uh, we got to do some themes or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I just came out of epiphany now that you reach, like, as you were watching the movie. Yeah, it's okay. Um, no, it, it, it's just the, the characters weren't really fleshed out enough for me to like truly invest in them. I didn't mm-hmm. feel, um, like the, obviously the girl, she was a good performer and her character had the most going on. So that was interesting, but otherwise there's some pretty archetypical roles, which is totally fine. Cause you don't have that much dialogue to flesh them out. And it's a very simple premise and it's got a short runtime, but I just I didn't care about any of them, really, which is why I'm advocating for child death in this movie. <laughs> okay. Like, if All I right. if if they really won me over, I probably wouldn't be so bloodthirsty. <laughs> I'd be uh-huh. like, yes, save them. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we can go back to effects then. Yeah, I guess so. Um, You gave it a four. Why? No, I went back to a three, didn't I? Maybe. I think I went back to a three. That sounds about If not, right. I'm changing it back right now. Okay. No, it was only just okay. We didn't see the monsters all that much. Um, we saw them just enough for them to earn a three. The sound effects were great, but the rest of the movie was just kind of under the middle, middle of nowhere. Gorgeous sets, though. Where was this movie filmed? I want to go there. I don't know. Probably West Virginia. But, yeah, honestly, actually, come to think of it, this movie is kind of like it comes at night. If it comes at night, had any sort of payoff whatsoever. Um, so definitely a plus there. Um, but the payoff itself was kind of a generic monster movie, like slashy, slashy, whatever. Like it was fun, but it just wasn't, I I wasn't blown away, which Mm -hmm. is fine because Blumhouse movies aren't there to blow you away most of the time. Um, they're there to like have you jump in your seat and give you some thrills. And it, it did a fine job of that. Yes, it did. Um, what do you have an overall quality score? Three. Yeah, that, I'm definitely gonna land there too. I, 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 that would translate to like a seven out of ten for me, but it's a weak enough seven that I'm like, I, I don't feel comfortable giving it a four out of five stars because that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's solid. Uh huh. It. It fine. has a really good ending. Uh, sequence, I must say. Yeah. No. The that shot that leads you into the credits really solid action-packed uh-huh. it's fun um oh we've we kind of forgot to mention the signs situation where the the girl has a hearing aid and for some reason like all horror movie monsters whenever the monsters show up like the lights start to flicker like they cause interference in electricity for no reason i don't know we don't maybe it's their echolocation i guess or something yeah um from out of this world sure um the <laughs> Whatever. So <laughs> it turns out that Earth Girls are not easy. They're hard to kill because um, every time the monsters show up, her hearing aid goes haywire. 
and like because they had basically their whole face is in ear so they're really sensitive to the noise like that and it basically i don't know gives them a headache it makes them run away and that makes them vulnerable and that's their weakness Ooh. yeah um and so little girl saves a day yeah which is cool i mean it's very much the uh like throw a glass of water on the aliens approach to saving the day. Mm-hmm. And it took them all a really long time to realize what was going on. It took them 24 hours to realize how to kill them. I know. But like, I was just, because you know already because you see it happening. Yeah. And the girl doesn't. And that's we're the fun. audience. That's the dramatic irony. Brennan. Fine. I was just, it, it it lingered so much on so many shots of that happening, and I was like, can we pick up the pace here? I'm sorry. That's okay. She's a 13-year-old girl. Be proud of her for figuring it out when she did. No, you're right. And she figured out, oh, there was another good sequence where um, they fall into a corn silo and start to drown in the corn. Uh-huh. Um, and then, like, the metal door to the silo falls in and almost impales the kid. That was a pretty intense scene. Yeah. It also reminded me of that scene from Jigsaw where they're in the silo that's filling up with corn and then saw blades come <laughs> falling from the ceiling, which was great. Yeah. Um, uh, shrapnel. That was the best scene in any horror movie of 2017, probably. Um, but yeah, no, another great corn silo scene. Good job, horror, for doing that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of Titanic because they get on a little raft made out of the door. Yeah. And at first you think there's not enough room for both of them on that little raft because she's quickly sinking and then the boy's just on there. And I was like, yes, <laughs> finally, it's the man's turn to be on the raft. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. But he saves her. He saves her. That's nice. He he did not let go, much like Rose promised and immediately broke that promise. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, what movie did we watch? <laughs> A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. Um, It was more unremarkable than I was hoping it would be. It was kind of what you would expect. It was very unassuming, you know? Yeah. It was very toned down and quiet. I guess it lived up to its name. And subtle. Well, yeah, it was just, you know, stripped back. I don't know. Stripped down. Stripped down is the word. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I was hoping that um, it would be more delicate and atmospheric because of the, like, quiet element of it. But mostly it was just kind of quiet, you know, Um, which is fine. Uh Like I had a good time. Um, I think my expectations were a little high, especially given how many people I know who really loved it. Um, I was trying to temper those expectations because I was like, I don't know if I trust these people, Mm -hmm. but eh, it was good. Mm -hmm. I liked it enough to recommend people to go see it. And then come back to me with your own opinions. Yeah, please do. And tell me why I'm wrong. I welcome being told why I'm wrong. Oh, there's news to me. Well, it's because you're always wrong. Thank you. Um. Anyway, I think it's time to wrap up. It's kind of late, and I don't know if this episode turned out too great. But if, if it didn't... We can edit it down and then re-release it. If it didn't turn out great, go listen to the Insidious episode from last week and or three weeks ago. Because that one was pretty good. I listened to it again, and I enjoyed it very much. Okay. Yeah. Um, we can always re-record this. I don't think I want to do that. That's our purview as masters. <laughs> masters of podcasting? Yeah. Um. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Um. 
I won't um, tell you what star rating to give us, but if you want to give us a five, that would be okay. Um, there's a, a digital copy download of Paddington on the line. If you oh hell yeah, y'all better get that. That's pretty good. Yeah, Paddington is great. Um, give us five stars, and we'll give you some some sweet sweet Paddington. Some marmalade for you. Some marmalade deliciousness. Um, and next month, do I know what we're doing next month yet? Ooh, do you want to know what we're doing next month, Sergio? Um, what are we tentatively doing for next month, Brennan? Well, next month when we return from your finals hiatus, uh, we're going to be doing 90s teen horror. So will we be watching the thing from the Black Lagoon? No. Wasn't that released in the 90s? The 50s? Oh. What are you talking about? The What's faculty? the thing? What's the thing with um, Brooke Shields? Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon. Also, not the nineties. Oh, when okay. was she famous? Like the eighties? Oh, well, close decade then. Fair enough. Closer than the fifties. Yep. Um. Okay. So obviously, nineties um horror. I have a lot of familiarity with, but we're gonna be watching the a lot faculty. of movies that I haven't seen, and the first one we're starting with is the faculty the craft oh hell yeah (laughs) yeah have you seen it yeah i love it oh really i've never seen it and And people talk about it all the time i mean i will get tune in next time when i get my gay card i guess yeah in may may that's what it is mile yep not just a condiment wow okay this is not this is not going great good luck on your journey everybody (laughs) see you see you Next week, maybe, for Winchester, which is, I think... We might have to record this again. Mm, With a script. It is what it is. It's free. With a script. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out and do a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was was really fun and not awkward at all. (laughs) Bye.